Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. How to take the World's Fair challenge. Say the words, I want to go to the World's Fair. I want to go to the World's Fair. I want to go to the World's Fair. Into your computer camera, prick your finger, draw some blood, and smear it on the screen. Now press play on the video. They say that once you've seen it, the changes begin. In a small town, a shy, isolated girl, Casey, becomes immersed in an online role-playing game. Late on a cold night somewhere in America, she sits alone in her attic bedroom, scrolling through the internet, under the glow-in-the-dark stars and the blacklight posters that blanket her ceiling. She has finally decided to take the World's Fair Challenge, an online role-playing horror game, and embrace the uncertainty it promises. The film, We're All Going to the World's Fair, premiered at this year's Sundance Film Festival, and we're joined today by director Jane Shunbrun, as well as the lead actor, Anna Cobb. To both of you, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you so much for having us. I cannot begin to tell you how, just from the very first frame of this film, how interesting it feels like it's going to be. I think the way that you set this up pulls you right into the situation that where Casey is obviously a young teen trying to figure things out. What inspired this? So the film is... Um reflecting on and exploring the creepy pasta community, which is a real and pretty massive community of um, creative people on the internet who really love scary things. And they stay up late at night trying to scare each other so bad that they can't sleep. And it's interesting to me because it's a form of creative expression that is pretty unique to the internet. One of their core rules um, on the subreddit for uh, these sorts of stories. Um, The rule is uh, everything is true here, even if it's not. And what this means, it's a lot like when you're at a campfire and maybe you're telling a ghost story, you tell it about yourself and something that you've seen. And that rule extends out into this massive universe of people telling these stories. They're not allowed to say that never happened. That's not true. Um, They have to sort of all agree that no matter how scary or how surreal or, you know, fantastic this thing that they're talking about is, they all have to agree that it's real. It felt like really fertile ground for me to explore what I was interested in exploring with the film, which is like the internet as a place where um, truth and fiction can sort of exist in a nebulous state, but also to explore. um, It's not an autobiographical film, but it's a very personal film. I I really wanted to explore like a young, creative, frustrated person who is trying to use fiction to explore something truthful about themselves. What's fascinating about Casey is how little information we have about them. They come to us as a as sort of a, a blank slate, and they pretty much remain that way, except for the stories that they tell us about them, not even about themselves. Well, I guess in a way it is about themselves. And I found the fact that these characters have no backstory to speak of is a way of putting us into a world and just kind of taking us out of our own world, our own comfortable place and into a world where where anything is, as you said, anything is possible. I assume that was a deliberate 
part of what you were doing. Yeah, I, I thought really hard about the, the margins of the film is how I would describe it. Um, what we as the viewer had access to um, in terms of understanding who these characters are, what each character had access to in terms of understanding who the person they were talking to was. And uh, the goal for me was to really create something where, um, you know, those two margins were very similar that like us watching the film we would know about as much about each character as they knew about each other. Um, that felt like a really truthful aspect of the internet, um, you know, that, that I wanted to explore. And this sort of danger of, of never knowing when somebody is performing, when somebody is telling you the truth, never knowing when they're just gonna delete their account and disappear forever. And like you wouldn't even know where to find them. That was like at the heart of um, structuring the film to me. Well, Anna, I wanna talk to you about your character of Casey and how, how difficult, first of all, a lot of trust was placed on your shoulders because you are the film. You are in I, every frame of this film with the exception of JLB. What were you, what were, what kind of um, feedback when you read the script? What, what was your thoughts and how did, how did this character come into being in, pardon me, in your mind? Well, the thing was, is also, I had a lot of guidance from Jane. We had prepared three months really two three months in advance before filming and we used to meet up or we used to FaceTime like every week um, or I used to go to Jane or Jane would come to me and we would practice and we would really instead of necessarily like not reading the lines but we would try to think about what happened to Casey prior to all this prior to the script really because that's where you really understand who a person is not reading the lines off a script but like trying to see the given circumstances that the character was going through. So um, I was very lucky in that Jane was very patient with me and she constantly allowed me to have a good platform, a good foundation of what she told me Casey really is about, but also me being able to bring my past experiences and my own take on what Casey really was like. I think, I think we're the ones who got a little bit lucky because Anna was so game to like dig as deep as possible in, into the, the script and the character. And to, she was just so extraordinarily generous and brilliant with her time um, and energy that by the time we got to the set, I've never seen like something more marked up than like her physical copy <laughs> of the script. It's like notes in every margin. And it's a performance that I think when you watch it and in a lot of ways it is, feels like very natural and in, you know, like present and off the cuff and almost like it just like happened, but I know for a fact the amount of craft and talent and preparation that went into it. And like, we just got so lucky because I don't think there are many 17 year old actors out there who are willing to, to go as deep as, as Anna was willing to go in the prep for the movie. Well, thank you, Jade. You're buttering me up. Thank you, Jade. That's very <laughs> well, kind. Well, Anna, I will, I will piggyback on that a little bit and say that the level of confidence that you have in this role and how, how lived in this character feels there and and how on one level the idea of exploring the world around you as a young teen as a teen as a young person is completely natural and normal and that's what we do but on the other hand there's something sharp around the edges of your character that is willing to go to this place at that age i would there's no way i would have done what you you did <laughs> Uh, and especially into a world where I have, it's funny, it's a world where you have all the control and in some ways you're also just completely giving yourself over to it. Is no, that fair to say? I think that's very fair to say. It's almost kind of like um, how much does 
Casey just wants to forget who she even is, like forget her face, forget that she even is Casey. And that's a really great point that you make that it's almost like a game of like, how much control do you really have? Is Are you controlling the game or is the game controlling you? you know? Right. Well, in this relationship with JLB, and it's it, there's a point in the film, I'm not going to give any, anything away here, but it feels like the relationship shifts about two thirds of the way. And there's a there's a point where you're there's a tarot card reading and there's some things that are happening. There's a conversation you have with him where I feel like you're you were taking over that relationship. And it was interesting. Just watch the dynamics. And there's another character in the film, JLB, for those who sort of jumped ahead a little bit, who is it's unclear to me what JLB's role in all of this is. It seems like he's part of the game, but he's also sort of monitoring the game. Jane, what what is help me with with JLB? Yeah, well, I'm so glad you you picked up on that shift in power because um, that to me is like a really core part of the movie that I think is like invisible in some ways in the movie, but is also like sort of what it's all about. Um, JLB is just like another player of thousands in the game. I think he's like spending more time than most uh, plugged into the game, um, and he reaches out to Casey in in the film, um, you know, trying to sort of uh, get her to tell her story in a certain way. Um, I think that like one of the le the lenses that you could watch this film through and think about it is that it's really concerned with like the power dynamics in this sort of democratized storytelling or to put it another way, just like the power dynamics of the internet, who is controlling the narrative, who is controlling the microphone and who's leading and who's following. And um, I like to think of the film in certain ways as this power struggle between the two of them. If you watch the two main dialogue scenes that they share in the movie in the first one, um, you know, like I think that this man has all of the power, but by the time you get to the other end of the film, something has shifted. And, um, you know, and I don't think it's, it's a, it, it's a coincidence. I think it's like on purpose for the character, like sh she has taken back some form of power and the way she's done that is through, fiction, essentially. Right. And Anna, going back to our discussion, and this is part of the exploration of our lives around us as we grow older, as we go through periods of time in our life where we're looking for agency. And it's, but you can easily lose sight of the game part of this in this film. It's so easy to, to believe. And I'm not, I don't even know how far I want to take this discussion, but it's, it really, I've seen the word mind-bending used to describe this film, and it is that. Although I will say, in a way, we're sort of used to the idea of the internet and the and the relationship we have to the internet and how it 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 has the capacity to transform our lives, good and bad. So that's not a particularly novel concept, but it's played out plays out here in ways that I haven't seen before. But the fact that you do gain some strength along the way, your character of Case Casey gains strength and confidence, even more so than she had at the beginning. I thought it was very interesting. Did you feel that way about your character? Yeah, I, I did. Definitely. I felt like Casey, she went, like you said, like without kind of like saying anything, like, but she, she went through um, a, some mental turmoil. And I think that maybe more so rather than having this internal strength, I think it, she came to a point of being completely unamused at like what life had to offer really. And just kind of at a point of being so done and so frustrated with it all that you've come to this complete point of just like almost stagnancy within yourself. And I think that was really more so what was happening towards the end. At least that's the way that I was yeah. taking it. 
a, a famous singer songwriter poet once said when you've got nothing you've got nothing to lose and i exactly. kind of feel like that's where where casey got that definitely that definitely is a great quote that's something that i wish i was uh, thinking of during that time i always like to think of quotes when i'm acting oh do you well that that brings yeah. me a question about you it, it it announces at the beginning of the film this is your first feature film uh per appearance is that do i have that correct yes 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 my first feature and i'm curious uh, first of all jane to uh have put an immense amount of confidence and trust in in anna is a, a tribute to you as a director and a writer and, um but also uh, in terms of your performance and knowing that you were going to be on screen for the vast majority of the time in the film um where did you kind of draw what did you draw upon in your own experience to to be able to do that well i think that in general uh anybody can really be an actor i think like a part like it, it acting is just emotion right and us humans we're just pure energy which means we're pure emotion really right and uh the the biggest thing is that i don't want to be like a method actor in regards to going in my cabinet of like post-traumatic stress and like taking out something and and just reliving that over and over again rather i was just trying to take casey's given circumstances and be as non-judgmental as humanly possible to try to see you know the piece of me that is in casey and uh, make something that's imaginary, but at the time it's, it's, it's a state of mind. But obviously when uh, Jane calls cut, I'm able to go back to Anna Cobb and not have that like, you know, psychotic breakdown really that a, a lot of actors tend to have, it seems. I want to just, before we go any further, I want to remind our listeners that we are talking with the director, writer, producer of the film, We're All Going to the World's Fair, and that would be Jane Schoenbrunn as well as the lead actor from the film who plays the part of Casey, and that would be Anna Cobb. You know, I, there's, I'm, I'm full of my, uh, my wisdom today, so I'm going to dispense one more piece of wisdom, Jane. You had mentioned, and this is part of the internet, part of the game, part of this film, and that is that uh, anything is possible. That's, that's true. There's a, everything, there's, everything is true here, even if it's not. Is that Even the, if uh, it's not. And it's the funny thing, that's kind of a, also a little bit of a play on uh, Vladimir Putin has a political consultant who was a performance artist and he's he's famous for having told putin in in the way that he governs and that is to say anything is possible and nothing is real and that is kind of the mantra of the internet yeah you know it's funny i am um, in a very early version of uh the script i think i had that line which is also in i forget what video game it's in. it's in some video game and so people on the internet yeah. really like that quote um yeah and i had it in there um yeah. To me, very disturbing quote. It's very different, you know. Uh, to, to me, those two quotes um, are are really different. And um, well, it's the govern. It's the the philosophy behind that is the yeah. governance of chaos. That's yep. really if if not, every, anything is possible and nothing is real, nothing's true, then you can yep. do and say anything you want. I, um, I watched a, a great film that's at the festival called A Glitch in the Matrix last night, which, um, it, you know, is, is exploring pretty similar emotional territory in that it's really concerned with it's a documentary about simulation theory, which is this idea that um, we're living in a simulation um, and, uh, you know, which is a very popular internet adage that's touched on and referenced right. a little bit in my film. It's um, it's funny, you know. It's it's like I think the film is a an embrace of this idea that like you can that that truth and fiction, the relationship between the two of them is quite complicated and more complicated than we give the credit for in our daily lives. But I don't know. I, I hope that the emotional heart of my movie is one where 
it doesn't just treat this as a simulation that like no absolutely is... right and i didn't mean to imply that yeah absolutely this film is in in terms there is some i say political uh ramifications to this story not in the sense that i just described not about vladimir putin or anything else but there's something about because at, over the course of the film we get to see casey's life outside of her bedroom and there's this sort of post-industrial kind of hollowed out feel of the community around her. Now she goes to the New Year's night celebration and there's a lot of people and a lot of that. But the, but a lot of the film feels uh, like there's a sort of this lost quality or this sort of rootless quality to our existence, certainly here in America now, that there's something missing. And if I'm overstating this, please let me know. No, not at, not at all. Um, I, you know, I, I read a lot of like philosophy and a lot of like Baudrillard um, who, who writes a lot about like simulacra and simulation in this world that we're living in as uh, so far from like the natural thing, if the natural world ever actually even existed. Um, but I do think that, you know, the film is trying to talk about a lot of things, but it's also trying to talk about the state that we're all living in now where um, we can drive past the places that we see every day and just be bombarded with logos and with, um, you know, man-made structures that are sort of decaying. Like one of the first things we see in the film is a Toys R Us, you know, which was already abandoned by the time we got there on set because they had just closed down. And you don't see a lot of people, you just see like sort of the pre-apocalyptic wreckage of, of this landscape. And I think that says something about the emotional state that the characters are existing within. Right, and the idea of work by the way, the idea of we're going to the World's Fair was this idea. It used to be the World's Fair existed to tell us about the future world, how great it was going to be. We were all going to have jetpacks and we were all going to be happy and there would never be money. Again. We'd never all the things that, you know, the sort of utopian look forward in our lives. The Internet was going to bring us all together. TV was going to bring us all together. The World's Fair was kind of the the world's. Uh, attempt to explain the future to to us and it was going to be great and so yep. this this title is a little bit ironic this uh in 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 that regard as well yeah i loved it um you know it came to me in a dream first and then i sort of did my research about it afterwards and i, re I read a great book um of media theory called um imagined futures um which was talking all about like it was looking at not the future but our, people's perceptions of the future over time. And, um, right. you know, it sort of framed this around discussions of like that promise of going to the World's Fair and seeing what the future was going to look like. I also just loved, and this was in the film at one point, it got cut, I had a little joke about it. I just think there's something really funny about literally the phrase, the World's Fair, which is a funny pun, um, right. because it's not, the world is not fair. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, that's true too. That's true. Well, uh, congratulations to both of you, Anna Cobb. Your performance is just wonderful and natural <laughs> and so, so terrific. And you were asked to do a lot in this film and um, you were wonderful in it. So my Thank congratulations. You so yeah, Thank you my, so much. You're very welcome. And to you, Jane Schoenbrunn, thank you so very much. The film is going to be screening at Sundance 2021. Congratulations on being there. And especially in these very difficult times to be at Sundance anytime, but it's particularly important now. I think people need to be uh, engaged even more so in 
in checking out the work of visionary artists who are telling us not only the world we live in, but the world we're heading towards. And uh, and uh, so I, I thank you both so very much for being here on Film School Radio. Thank you so much, Mike. Yes, thank you so much for having us. It was wonderful meeting you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Film School Radio.